Right, here we go with Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Hey, Smitty. Okay, so we got a big news conference coming up this afternoon, 2 o'clock. you got mm-hmm. Dr. Bonnie Henry and also, once again, Premier John Horgan on hand for this one. What are you hearing? Yeah, it's going to make news on a number of fronts. Uh, a couple of clues. The Premier's going to be there, which yeah. means something's up. Uh, we're getting a technical briefing at 1, which means there's a fair volume of information. My understanding of a few things... Uh, look for the the health order to be extended that bans people from in-person dining. Uh, the industry, recall, uh, was saying that they thought maybe um, uh, would be extended past uh, the May long weekend. Don't know if that's the case, but it is going to be extended. We're going to get some information on our hospital situation. We've got a record number of people in hospital for COVID, including in the ICU. So we're going to ha- use what are called surge beds, surge capacity. And that requires some some shifting around of, of human resources, nurses, and other health practitioners. You're going to see some uh, news on the AstraZeneca vaccine. We're, yeah. going to, we're going to have a lower age. Not sure what it is, but it's going to be lower than 55 with the green light coming from Health Canada and NACI that you can uh, have younger people. Uh, Ontario is moving to people age 40 and over. I have a feeling we're going to be younger than that because I think um, Buddy Henry and Adrian Dix have made it clear they want to get AstraZeneca out there as much as possible. No, so right now it's like a- workers. AstraZeneca is 55 to 65, Yeah. so they may lower it to 40, but you think maybe even younger than that? I think even lower than that. I think they huh. want to get this in, into as many people as possible. Now, keep in mind, we don't have a lot of AstraZeneca. It only arrives mm. in, in fits and starts, and that's always been our challenge. I mean, Adrian Dix has made the point, send us vaccines. We'll put them in people's arms. We simply don't have enough vaccine. Yeah. To, to meet all the demand. Uh, yeah, so it's going to make... Uh, and then you've got Premier John Horgan there. My understanding is he's there to talk about travel. I don't think he's going to announce travel restrictions, but I think he's going to put a few things on the table uh, in preparation for the May long weekend. I mm. wouldn't be surprised if we don't see extra sailings on BC ferries. People are still scratching their heads. How can we put extra sailings on Easter weekend just because people want to travel? You're not supposed to travel right now. Well, yeah, that's one of the things that jumped out at people when you got the government saying, don't travel, do not travel. And by the way, we're putting on extra sailings because so many people want to travel. Yeah, so the, say, the, so the ferries are there for essential traveling. Those are people going to get medical uh, uh, attention, medical treatment, largely from going from the island to uh, the cancer center in, at uh, VGH in Vancouver, for yeah. example. Also, the commercial trucks that need to supply the supply chain to Vancouver Island and, and other communities, they, they need to be on the ferries, but people do not need to go to Tofino right now. And I think John Horgan's going to be talking about that today. Okay. Uh, we expect, So you expect Horgan to announce some sort of travel, maybe some travel restrictions? Like, you know, it's interesting what we see in Ontario, right, where, where the Ontario Premier brought the hammer down and there was a backlash against a lot of it including these random police checks that he backed off on. Mm-hmm. But I believe he's still going forward with the provincial border uh, checkpoints. Yeah, my, we're not doing that. My understanding is we're not closing the border. But I think... Uh, well, John, I don't think they're closing the border in Ontario, though, are they? Or they're just doing they're doing the checkpoints check, at check the border? To prevent people from crossing the border. Yeah. Because they're essential. I don't think we're doing that. Maybe. Who knows? But I think John Horgan there, I don't think it's going to be you know, something effective at midnight tonight. I think he's just going to put a, a bit of suggestions on the table and see what people think. Another thing that's been kicked around... And I don't know if he's going to be talking about this or not. Do you ban hotels and resorts from taking out-of-province bookings right now? And we've got to get through April and May, and that's the key the key uh, window here as we get more and more people vaccinated. By the way, now the window's open for everyone over the age of 18 to be registered um, to get your, your uh, age-based rollout for, for Pfizer and Moderna, uh, 18-year-olds as of Friday. Every day this week, we're moving up the, the line, moving up the ages. So I think if you're over 30, it's Wednesday. If you're over 25, it's Thursday. If you're over 18, it's Friday. Right. Now, it doesn't mean you're imminently going to get the shot, no. though. It just means you're registered to you're get an registered, appointment later. You're put in the queue. I yeah. would think if you're uh, 18 and over, you're probably looking at the end of June. 
uh, yeah. to, to get your vaccine. You still have to wait a bit. Right. So that which is consistent with the original plan. Like the, mm-hmm. the original plan was they said they wanted everyone vaccinated by the end of June. Yes. Right. And so that that's still the timeline. And we're on target to do that. We're more than 30 uh, percent. Despite the, the shortage. Despite the, the challenges every week of, of yeah. waiting to the last second, for, for, like Moderna, for example, suddenly cut in half its shipments to Canada, which means we get cut in half in terms of how much uh, Moderna we were looking for. Is pressure growing on this government to bring in a tighter lockdown? And do you think the government is feeling that pressure? Like, you know, Horgan now taking some grief saying, well, you know, travel restrictions are difficult to enforce. They probably don't work. They brought them in in other places and they didn't work. And he says that at the same time he says that, he says, well, we're not taking them off the table, though. Maybe we'll do it anyway. Well, I think the main one of the main forms of travel is the ferry system. And yeah. they do have the power to do something about that. Closing the many roads to Alberta is, uh, I think, problematic. And there's not a lot of evidence right now that a lot of Albertans are traveling in B.C. I think the, the issue of traveling is British Columbians traveling within British Columbia. Right. Okay. We saw the beach parties going on in the oh, weekend yeah. in Kitsilano. A lot of people saw that video. Party. Yeah, we saw at least two parties going on out, outside. And Public Safety Minister Mike Farnworth once again warning people about that. And here's Farnworth. I think, uh, like most British Columbians, when I saw those clips, it, uh, it made me extremely angry. And it's extremely frustrating uh, to think that there are people out there who still don't get it. Okay, I get kind of deja vu when I hear him talk about how he gets angry when he sees this stuff, but is the enforcement tough enough? Well, apparently Vancouver police are changing tack. Uh, they were on Global last night saying that uh, they've had a conversation with the mayor, Kennedy Stewart, and they are going to be more um, forceful in their enforcement of this type of behavior. It certainly wasn't forceful on the weekend, but I think going forward you're going to see more tickets handed out. Okay, so we continue to have sort of threats of enforcement. Another thing is... Um, I don't know if you, I know you didn't get a chance to hear the interview I did with this guy, Al McIntyre, which mm-hmm. I, I'm still just thinking about here now. This guy's a former assistant commissioner of the RCMP in Surrey. He was a Surrey, he was a police officer for 39 years. And he saw, he saw a lot of hairy stuff as a cop for 40 years, but he goes, it's nothing like what he's gone through here with COVID. Mm-hmm. Basically at death's door on an intubator, um, just got the innovator out of the ventilator out just two days ago. Looks like he's going to beat it and get out of there. But man, he came very, very close to sort of buying, buying the farm on this thing. Thousands of stories like that. And he's war- he's just pleading with people. Mm-hmm. Follow the rules. You don't want, because this thing is no joke. Well, I remember way back when, at the very beginning, we did a story on Global about a young woman in her early 30s with young kids, who was a nurse at VGH, I think. Uh, she became near death on full intubation for uh, a long time, and she now has lifelong scarring of her lungs, and she's just a young mom. So, again, people now who are showing up in the ICUs are younger. They're in their 30s, 40s, 50s. Uh, as of uh, last week, 14 people in their 30s had died in B.C. from COVID-19. At the very, I remember the first death of someone in their 30s happened last October, and everyone was shocked. Like, that 30-year-old could, could pass away from this? Well, now it's up to 14 and that number will be updated on Wednesday. I expect it's going to be more. The other thing to keep in mind is, and we were discussing this off air, is the the whole COVID long haul phenomenon. So even if you're a young, vigorous, healthy person, you think like, well, even if I do get it, I'm 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 going to beat it. There's lots of younger people who have got COVID and then recovered, but continue to have symptoms for months going forward. So we have two clinics dedicated to research on this very topic in Metro Vancouver, one in Vancouver, one in Surrey. Uh, There are long haulers in in British Columbia, just as there is around the world. And these are people who, even though they clear their 14-day incubation period and they're pronounced recovered for statistical purposes only, they're not really recovered because they have what can turn out to be months of fatigue, chronic fatigue, dizziness, 
uh, a continued loss of taste, loss of, loss of smell, uh, vertigo, dizziness. Uh, people literally can't walk. Uh, they lose their memory, short-term memory loss. Um, it's it's quite frightening. Don't risk it. Follow the rules. Let's talk about the federal budget coming up this afternoon. Keith, that's coming down at 1 p.m., first budget in our country in like two years. Here's the federal finance minister here, Krista Freeland. This is going to be a budget that focuses on jobs and growth. This is going to be a budget about getting Canada and Canadians back to work, fulfilling the commitment in the speech from the throne to help support one million jobs and to help Canada heal the economic wounds of COVID-19. Okay, federal budget coming this afternoon. What are you looking for? A lot of red ink, unavoidable, huge deficit, a lot of green spending, though, to wash away some of that red ink. Uh, look for a $100 billion uh, uh, stimulus package, a lot of infrastructure projects. Uh, that's a traditional way of uh, ec- sort of um, reinforcing economic recovery. Talk, again, you just had a couple MPs on talking about child care program, perhaps. Uh, f- might be some pharma care move- movement on pharma care. It's going to be a lot of spending, a lot of stimulus spending in this to try to get us out of this economic hole. Does the, government, big deficit. does the Trudeau government potentially fall on this budget? It's still a minority parliament. They need one of the major parties, to at least one, to come over and well, vote for the budget. The NDP's already said they won't They won't uh, topple this government because uh, yeah. of the budget. So, again, I, I don't see short of him visiting the governor general himself and saying, you know, I want to dissolve parliament you're not going to see one of those uh, parties have enough votes to trigger uh, a fall a collapse of the government okay here's what we'll do now keith we'll take a quick break we'll come back and let's open the phone lines lots of people having trouble uh, getting through on the phone lines these guys rogers is rogers cell phone service is just chronic uh, problems I, i've got a rogers phone which means if you're trying to phone me i can't okay lots of people managing to get through on the phone lines let's go right to your calls doug and surrey hey doug good morning mike and keith how you doing guys very good i um heard back in the Stone Age, it's a couple of weeks ago, uh, somebody made some remark about that affects old geezers like me. I'm on Canada Pension and Old Age Security that we might see a little bit of an increase on our old age security. What do you know about it? Uh, well, I, I'm not certain if that'll be in the budget this afternoon, but I mean, you know, there's lots of, there's lots of money to be spent here. I mean, the, the mm-hmm. deficit is going to be huge. In the hundreds of billions of dollars, and whether you uh, you might see some targeted spending at seniors in, in this this budget this afternoon. This is going to be a big spending budget, and it's likely like a pre-election budget because I still think that's in the back of Trudeau's mind. I think he'd like it to be a pre-election yeah. budget if they get COVID under control in Ontario, which uh. it's not. Ontario's in a terrible situation when it comes to COVID nineteen. Yeah, and uh, the other thing is, how are they going to? Sp- pay for it i don't think you'll see any major tax hikes in this budget this afternoon maybe i mean you take a look at what biden's doing biden's brought in a plan to raise trillions of dollars to try and increase government revenue they're not doing the same thing here in in pre-election mode let's go to lee and burnaby hey lee i'm just wondering with about you know almost 25 percent of the population being vaccinated once you've passed your two to three week uh, uh waiting period for it to have the full immunity as full as it's going to be on the first shot. What's the difficulty with getting together with other people who have also had the shot and have passed their two to three week uh, waiting period? Okay, that's a good question. Yeah, so this has come up in uh, calls with public health officers saying, no, you wait until you achieve community immunity or herd immunity, which yeah. doesn't happen with just you and your friends. It has to be the wider community. So. 
just because you get your vaccine and, and two or three weeks pass, the rules don't change for you. Uh, the, the rules will change down the road, and probably by June or July, we're going to probably see a different type of behavior being recommended, but not right now. Yeah, I mean, the, the best case scenario right now under Bonnie Henry's sort of worldview here is to get everybody vaccinated who wants a vaccine by the end of June, and then then you start relaxing the restrictions. Then we'll, then we'll see. Again, okay. we're on a new journey here with the variants as well. Yeah. Some of the, the science on whether the vaccines work as well in the variants isn't uh, totally um, complete yet. Let's go to Denise on the line in Ladner. Hi, Denise. Oh, hi. hi. I'm calling back about a couple of, about a month and a half ago. You people were talking about these elderly people that were turned away for their second doses. Okay, yeah. And, and uh, my brother was one of those people, and he's now due for his second dose. He's gone in, registered and gone in to, to have a dose. They turned him away. They said they're not doing oh. second doses. We've, we've tried everybody and their dog to try and figure out how we can get him that second dose because it's due. When, when did he get his first dose? January the 4th. Mm, okay. And and we we can't get anybody. Nobody well, seems to know. Nobody seems to. So you, his second dose would be May fourth, right? Right. So we're not we're not quite there yet. Well, it's next week, but we can't we can't get hold of anybody to arrange it. I would keep trying on that. Uh, you, you can go online, but there is a phone number that's also a central number. Now you can you can phone. I would keep trying that. And also try your family physician. So the plan is. Th- thank thank you for the call, Denise. I hope that works out for you. But the the plan now is what four months four months after the first weeks. dose, you yeah. should be eligible. For, so he should for be the second getting dose. his. Uh, but literally, I've heard of examples of people. You get very short notice sometimes when you get booked for an appointment. Yeah. Uh, depending on your age group. Let's go to James on the line of Burnaby. Hey, James. Hey, um, you guys always say how it's not feasible to close the border with Alberta, but I've got a few things to say about that. One, I just explain why you can't just put a police car at every single crossing. That would be like 20 police cars across the province. That doesn't seem like a lot. And Ontario just did it with Quebec, and they're a much bigger province with, I'm assuming, more crossings. So I don't see why we can't do it. Okay, well, I, I don't think never, nobody's ever said you can't do it. It's just a question of whether the, this government will do it. It's not but, the easiest thing in the world to say, just move 20 police cars. Uh, where are you going to take those police cars from? You know, the people are always demanding you know, more police services. Uh, so you would have to cut services if you're going to use police. But matter. it is interesting to see that you know, we've been talking about, well, do you really want to see police checkpoints on, on the road, which seems, almost seemed inconceivable a few weeks ago. Now you've got the largest province in the country doing exactly that. Well, right. they've also had to back off, though, of random yeah. checks. I mean, they went pretty far to the point of upsetting the police forces, of being asked to be used as basically citizen um, surveillance types, and they yeah. backed away from that. But maybe we'll see that. I don't. Again, I'm not sure the evidence is there that Alberta is driving the spread in BC. Uh, you know, show me, show me the documents to back that up. Okay, let's go to Scott on the line in Surrey. Hey, Scott, got a minute here. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, First of all, my, my, I own an entertainment business, and I've been decimated this year. Uh, we do most of corporate events, weddings, things like that. So zero income mm-hmm. uh, through the business. And I'm, I'm pissed. You know, these restrictions keep getting more and more. Um, I think they just need to enforce the ones they have. Like we had, you know, restaurants. Only go out with your, your partner. And then you go to a restaurant. There's six buddies there drinking, doing shots, having a good time. Mm-hmm. And this is why everything's getting canceled. I don't think pouring more restrictions on and not enforcing them is going to do anything. So it's the enforcement that you want to see. 
Yeah, well, hey, yeah. we had three weeks. We had Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. Parties on the beach every night. Last night, they brought out a PA systems. Mm-hmm. They're bringing trucks, equipments, bands. Yep. You know, and everyone's just sitting around going, oh, well, you know, we just want to educate them. We don't we don't want to enforce the rules. We just want to educate them. Well, we're beyond that. My, my okay. livelihood's been completely decimated. Yep. I'm not one of these restaurants that got a bailout because everyone, you know, you know the thank, poor restaurants. Thank you, Scott. Hate to step on you there, but we're out of time. Keith, thank you for coming in. Yep.